0: This sermon is brought to you by Shofar East London. Together living out the fullness of Christ. We hope you enjoy this message.
1: Go, Booker. Woohoo. Yo, how beautiful was that yesterday? Yeah, Rion prophesied he's a real prophet. I was continuously trying to protect my heart from pain and. Unnecessary suffering. So I was trying to not get too involved. But yo, when Colby scored that in the corner, I was like, yeah! <laughs> oh, it was good. Almost feels like God is in it. Huh? No, no, honestly, I feel that God is in it. Huh? Black captain, nine out of the 20 guys, not white. And, and, and to see the celebrations of men, black, colored, white, kissing one another, hugging one another. And and then you just feel like, come on, South Africa, we can do this. We can do this together. We can get over, goodness gracious, who cares what the skin color is. Let's move on and work together. Hashtag, I'm staying. (laughs) Hashtag, I love my country. Amen. Ah, but yesterday was for me just a, a really, really hope-filled moment. And, and I believe it's gonna continue. So, uh, let's kick the spirit of racism on his butt out in Jesus' name. Amen. And I just wanna say that I honestly do believe in miracles. And it was confirmed yesterday. Vili Leroux caught the ball. Twice, or more than twice, oh, there is a God. Miracles certainly do happen. <laughs> oh, beautiful. I just had to read a little bit of the British news. I just had to read it from their perspective. See the faces hanging, the pain. Anyway, we won't gloat, but we're thankful. <laughs> we don't deserve it, but we're thankful. Okay, awesome. So... You know, like like with yesterday, you know, we uh, the more people watching rugby in this country probably than in the last four years on this one day because why it's the World Cup, it's the final, and we 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 could possibly win it. You know, and I and I think sometimes when you know if we were just playing uh, Namibia and uh, it was just a friendly, you know, how many people would watch it? You won't really, because it's not it's not the big occasion. It's not there's not so much at stake, but the Web Ellis Trophy. And being the, the, the winners of the World Cup, that is, that is, that is huge. And so everybody's like, yo, this is important. Now, what, what I want to share with you guys this, this month about legacy, it is more important than the World Cup, although it is awesome to win it. But it's better to win at life. Amen. I it's better to see the impact on the coming generations. And I and I think that when we realize the significance of what we're fighting for, we're going to all focus, we're going to pitch up, we're going to play this game, because of what's at stake, you know? And so so my question is, what future are you building? What future are you building? And also, what what legacy has been handed to you? Because you need to sort of start there. And I was thinking about this this morning, and, and yesterday, you know, our son who is now 10 years old, if I think back now, for me, 31 years ago, I was 10. And it was a, a really traumatic season of my family's lives. At that time, my parents were going through a divorce, and there was another woman on the scene for about the previous four years, and it was it was a mess. I was a mess. You know, I remember the confusion. I started to sleepwalk. I'd literally walk out of the house, into the streets, not even know what I'm doing. And, and I'm looking at my boy now, and I'm, I'm thinking, wow. It almost feels like full circle for me from that moment, from when I was 10, and the chaos, and this other woman that my dad was involved with. And I remember this woman, she was a, she was full of darkness. She was a, a broken, broken, broken individual. And I remember me in, being at this other house and having a fight with her in the kitchen and she, she hit me through the face and, and, and I, it was just, it was just a, a mess. I didn't know if I was coming or going. I, 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 and this was my legacy. And although my parents are wonderful people and, and and gifted people and and I love them and I honor them and respect them. Things really unraveled when I was around ten years old and before and after the next three, four years really unraveled. But today, thirty one years later, I can stand before you and say, I've I've drawn a line. I've said, no, 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 that's not going to be my future or my children's future. That The negatives of what I received, although I received a lot of good things, but the negatives that I received, I will not perpetuate that into the the future generations. And so at the age of 18, I came to Christ and, and I had to face, look at my past and say, no, this is not on. There are some good things, yes, but this isn't, this isn't, this isn't. And I I was like, I I had to draw a line in the spirit and to say, but this will not be my future. My parents divorced. I will never divorce. I had a confusing upbringing with a lot of pain and stuff. My children will not have the same. You know, but I had to make a decision to say, hey, up to a year, And no further you know and I want to I want to ask you so what what legacy have you received what has been given to you the good and the bad we celebrate the good but the bad components what negatives have you received in your life and what has been perpetuated or will be perpetuated to the coming generations this is more important than anything else the future we're building for our children, whether they are spiritual children or whether they are physical children, whatever future we're building. What future are you building? And I want to, um, today I want to sort of give you a, just an intro for this month, but give you a bit of an overview of where to start and how to evaluate what are you, what legacy are you building and then how you can shift it and change it into something good. Okay. Amen. So let me pray for us, and then I'm going to share. Father, we thank you. Thank you, Lord, that you're a God that's passionate about leaving a good inheritance, a good legacy. And so, Lord, we pray that your word will be alive. Lord, I pray that you would speak through me. And, Lord, I ask that your kingdom come in us this morning. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Okay, so here we have... A dollhouse. And it represents basically the Christian home. That's ultimately what I want to speak about. If you're single today, you're not married yet, um, or just dating, it's still, everything I'm sharing is still relevant to you because you're already starting to lay foundations for the future. But the Christian home. There's three, there are three components I want to, I want to focus on. The, the one that we're going to focus on this month is marriage. That's the one component. The other component, I hope this is going to work, is your parenting. And then the part that we're going to start today is you. We'll touch on other things as well. But these are the three key components if you want to build a beautiful home, a beautiful future for the coming generations. Again, whether it's spiritual offspring, physical offspring, apply it for your your situation. But these are the three things we're going to look at. We're going to look at you. We're going to look at your marriage. We're going to look at parenting. And all of these are relevant for your relationship with God as well. So even if you're not married yet or you don't have kids yet, it's all good. It will still be relevant to you. Okay, so I want to take us to jo- Joshua 1. And also maybe just to give you a few, uh, a bit of an overview of this. If you want to know the legacy that you are leaving, look in the mirror. Go look in the mirror and look at your life and then realize that your kids are probably going to become like you. Um, Except for the grace of Jesus Christ. (laughs) Okay? But in general, kids become like their parents. And I'm sure the mom will be able to say to dad, he's just like you. Okay? It's not just genetics, but there are other factors as well. So you, who you become, is what you will leave behind. Okay? So we're going to start. Then your marriage. Your relationships. The best thing you can do for your kids is to have a beautiful marriage. More important than parenting. The best thing you can do for your kids is to have a beautiful marriage. Okay? And then thirdly, parenting. Do you know what you're aiming at? Do you have any idea what the target is? Because if you don't know the target, you're probably going to miss it. Okay? So we're going to touch on those things. We're going to look at those different areas. But currently there is... A war for legacy. So look at this Joshua 1. Um, it's the, the Israelites are about to move into, uh, into Canaan. They're about to go into massive war to take the promised land, to take, basically to receive their inheritance. And it says, Be strong and of good courage, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance. So, so God speaking to Joshua and says, be strong. Come on, say be strong. He says, be strong, be courageous, because to this people, you're going to leave a legacy. That's what he's saying, and you're going to have to fight for it. It's a battle. There's a war raging. And he says there, you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them only. Come on, say say only. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you, do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. And so say be strong, be courageous, obey God's word and you will flourish. He says pressure to not obey God's word. But he's saying only be strong, only be courageous. You're going to need to be strong. To go where you need to go, to do what you need to do, it's not just going to fall in your lap. There is a battle to fight, and currently, I can give you so many examples of the fight we're fighting. So, give me to give you a few examples. Serious, it is, it's a serious war. It's not a joke. This is not a drill. Few examples: battles being fought on multiple fronts. Number one, the CSE, the, the Comprehensive Sex Education curriculum which could sexualize our children's more our children more which could lead to greater promiscuity uh, it's being pushed by the pro abortion planned parenthood organization in U- the United States and the UN they have an extremely liberal agenda so that's one fight that's being fought on one on, on one front secondly i don't know if you know this but there are no longer two genders did you know that They're not only boys and girls. There's a hundred plus different genders currently. Yeah, a hundred plus. And if you think it's stupid, then you're going to get fired from your job. Like the one high-level doctor in the the UK, he said, guys, it's stupid. Biologically speaking, it's male or female. Let's look at the plumbing. (laughs) No, how can you be such a bigot, a hypocrite? Yeah, oh, how can you be so judgmental? How dare you tell other people if they are male or female? If I want to be a, a two-spirit penguin, that's what I am. There's the one journalist in the, in the UK. He, they, they at a zoo. Um, the guys decided, because they're moving with this new gender thing, they decided they're not going to check the penguins to determine if it's male or female. They don't want to judge the poor penguins. So the journalist said on, 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 in the UK, he said, Okay, well then I am a two-spirit penguin. And you're not allowed to judge me because I can self define. And the people are upset that he made a joke about it. Anyway. So they're no longer two genders. And I know you thought it's it's it is, but it's not. Then another area, there's a big fight happening currently. It's in the area of, of gender redefining, but also fluidity. So you could be a boy with a boy body, but you're actually a girl in a boy's body. So how's that for confusing? So in the, in, in the United States, um, there's a a lawsuit between a, a father and a mother. They, they, they divorced or separated. The mother is extremely liberal. And so they've got two boys. I think the one boy is four years old and the mom is wanting the boy to have a sex change to transition from boy to girl. And so the dad's like, not under my, not, no ways. So he went to court and he lost the fight. No, he lost the fight, and the court basically said, you're not allowed to speak to your boy as a boy because he's a girl. So you must use his girly name. He's not a boy. Court of law, you will go to jail if you don't do what they want you to do. Ish. Come on, say, that's stupid. That's stupid. Just say it as it is. It's stupid. And then number four, (laughs) spanking is now illegal. So if you threaten your child, that I'm going to give you a hiding, you can have a criminal case against you. If you just hit your child on the hand, it could be seen as physical abuse. How's that for a mess? So anyway, so I'm going to, I'm going to share uh, with you guys in the following weeks. I'll share a bit about the, the spanking thing and how to handle this. I'm getting some some legal advice. Can you believe it? Hard to do this, but I, in the midst of these challenges. It's not a time to be afraid. It's a time to activate our faith. Amen? We don't do fear. We do faith. And then we'll be creative around how we're going to do things. But I want to tell you, there's a war. There's a fight. There's a fight against biblical values. There's a fight against the traditional family units. As, I mean, we haven't seen what we're seeing now in the history of the world. <laughs> We haven't heard of anything like this. This is nuts. Boys are no longer boys. Girls are no longer girls. Hallelujah. But our God, and that's why the Lord speaks to Joshua, and he says, be strong, be courageous. So, I mean, I'm sure the parents who's had a three-year-old, you're in the shop, and it's like the child knows. It's tantrum time. Child hoys the tantrum. And it's like, you and the three-year-old. Now you look at me. <laughs> and then what is it? Be strong. Be courageous. You can do this. Be, be the boss. Be the parent. You're gonna win. You're gonna take the three-year-old down. You're gonna take that little one down in a good way, in a loving way, obviously. <laughs> but that's a challenge. How do you, you need to be courageous. You need to be strong. You know, or maybe um, you know, maybe some of you have had little babies and like you haven't been sleeping for months. Mom and dad look like zombies, feel like zombies. It's a recipe for a marital disaster when both are tired and over it and can't do this anymore. And then you need to be strong and courageous. You keep your eyes on Christ. You know, keep on pushing on. It's going to get better. Amen. Strong and courageous. Maybe you have a teenager. Or maybe some of the teenagers are here. And uh, you, you know, as your teenager giving you lip and giving you more lip. And uh, and it's really getting challenging. And the grades are slipping. And the wrong friends are getting involved. And, 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 and you can see your child slipping away. They're losing their spiritual direction. What do you do? You be strong and courageous. And you fight the fight in the spirit. We're going to give you some tips as we go into this. But you need to stand strong. Or maybe you're young married. Or maybe you've been married for many years. But you've just like hit the crazy cycle. And you're fighting. And you're fighting. And you're married. You're fighting. And it's just getting uglier and uglier. And the thoughts start going through your head. Well, maybe, maybe I'm married wrong. Maybe... Uh, Another woman or another guy would be better than this one and the, and the thoughts come and the temptation comes to, to, to start speaking about divorce, to walk away. What do you do? You be strong and you be courageous. Come on, say be strong. Be courageous. Yes, you have to. You have to take, you have to take a fight to the enemy. You have to say no. We don't talk about divorce in this home. Because we're fighting for the coming generation. We're fighting for those who are coming. We're going to stand strong in the Lord. So wherever you might be at, there's a fight, but you need to be strong and you need to make some significant principle decisions if you want to build this right. You know, so the foundation of all of this is Christ, of you. Of marriage, of parenting, all of this. The foundation of this home, the Christian home, is God. You see, you have God's way, and then you have the wrong way. That's the only two options in this world. Doesn't matter how fancy the world's way sounds. It doesn't work! Have you seen? Look at the marriages, look at the families, look at the kids. It, the world's way doesn't work. You know, and, and I realize for us now, where we are at, I mean, it's incredible to have a home where there's peace. It's incredible to have... My wife often asks me if I want to exchange her for somebody else. And I'm like, no. Some of these other women have my buck here. You are a good woman. <laughs> but The Lord wants to... You know, we've, I've been, we've been building for 18 years on this marriage. I don't want to go through all of that again. Do you know how many fights you need to have to understand how you should deal with that thing when it comes around again? No, 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 no. This is beautiful. This is beautiful. You still have issues at times, but we've learned how to manage them. We've learned how to manage them. So my question to you is, what future are you building? What, What future are you building? And I want to ask Paul to come and share with us quickly. Just about we want this. We want this month to want to give us some exposure about um, about the kids and the youth, and uh, they were at our home and shared some, some stories. I was just man, you have to share this with, with the rest of us. So let's let's give him a hand.
0: Hi, for those who've heard the story already, please just bear with me. But um, even though we've been uh, fellowshiping with you guys for a short while as a family. Um, our daughter Ab- Abigail has been um, attending uh, Amplified Youth for quite a number of years. And um, Cheryl and myself, we've noticed quite considerable spiritual growth within our daughter and a deeper hunger for the things of God uh, during this period. And I'll, I'll just give you a small example. when Sometimes when I've come and fetched her from youth and driven home, it's like she's bursting with excitement and she can't stop talking about what God's busy doing. So that's really exciting, you know. But um, I'll give you another example. Um, She went to a youth camp um, with Shofar Youth and um, um, she went to a youth camp and there she decided to get baptized in water. And we had the privilege as parents to go and witness this, you know, important spiritual milestone. And we went... And we were so impressed with the teaching, the depth of teaching, that the young people were receiving on water baptism. And all these factors were very important when it came to us as a family looking for a new spiritual home. And we said, yes, this is, this is going to be on the top of our list. Shofar w- was a good choice. But where does that take us? Um, you know, as parents, we, we actually got a huge responsibility to be part of our children's spiritual development and growth. And yes, it starts in the home, we can be godly examples. But yeah, we've got an amazing place, a safe place at Amplified Youth where young people can grow spiritually and they can learn godly principles. So us as parents, what what what's our responsibility? Well, you know, okay firstly in, encourage the your young people, your your children, to attend youth. Secondly, get them to youth. You know, on a Friday, that's the last thing you want to have to do is to get in your car after a long week and then still come and bring children to youth. But trust me, the investment is worth it. It has um, eternal worth and value. And then encourage your children to bring friends because those friends they may be the only people in those households that have any exposure to Christ they may be the one they may be that ambassador for Jesus in those homes so that amplified youth is also an evangelical tool and those young people your your children can be um that's the 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 ministry ground yeah
1: I am inspired. I am inspired. It's hard work, but it's worth it. Eh? So invest, invest in your in your children. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna. This is no longer the the eternity rope. I need some help there. Give a hand to my helper. I want to illustrate something to you. I want to basically share with you, we need to draw a line. Currently, you need to look at yourself and you need to, so let me, before I lift that again, If you, you, you need to evaluate your, where you're at currently. You need to look in the mirror. If you want to draw a line of the impact of your life, if you want to draw a line of the legacy or the inheritance you're going to leave, you need to look at your life currently and the direction of your life. Your daily living, your weekly living, your monthly living. What does your life look like? Because that, if you, if, you, if, you, if you stretch it out, it's going to take you somewhere. So if this is the, the narrow way, you're in the middle, the, the narrow way, and, and this, this is on track. This is, you love God, you're following God, you're spending time with the Lord. You, you, every day you're starting anchored in Christ, you're living for Jesus, you, you're on track. This is where you're going to find yourself, say, 20 years from now. There where Dorian is standing. But now let's say you are a little bit off track. Man, your, your, your quiet times are slipping. You are distracted. There are things, things coming into your life, compromises coming in. And let's just say you, you, you just shift a little bit. You just shift a little bit, like 25 degrees to the left. Then what, what will be the result be over time? If you go, if you go. And you go, and you go, and you go. I want to I wanna show you the difference in terms of the, so this is where you should be going. Now you just go a little bit, you compromise a little bit, and you go a little bit off track, 25 degrees. Over time, that's like how many meters, six, seven meters, that you are now missing the target. Okay? And I want this to highlight this to you. If you look in the mirror today, what are you seeing? And are you liking what you're seeing? You can go back again. <laughs> Thanks. So if you evaluate the way you treat your spouse, if you evaluate the way that you treat your children, if you look at the way when you, you're driving in your car in traffic and a taxi cuts you off, what comes out of your mouth? <laughs> what happens? What, what, what is, what is happening behind the scenes? Who are you in secret? Because who you are in secret is ultimately the legacy you're gonna, you're gonna you're going to give. Come on, let's give Dorian a hand. That was just brilliant. Brilliant. Couldn't have done it without you. But if you're on track and how do you, t- you must break it down to where you are today. Am I following Jesus today? Am I passionate about Christ today? Am I anchored in Jesus now? Am I following him, obeying him, pursuing him? Cause that will play out in a very specific way. But if compromise comes in and secret sins come in and all these other things, and you, you think, but I'm, I'm still coming to church every now and again. I'm still sort of, you know, reading my devotional. And my wife and I were only fighting like excessively every second day. <sighs> but you need to look in the mirror because it all begins with you. Who you become is the legacy you're going to leave. You need to get this. You need to wake up to that reality. Because if you are a, like extremely selfish, full of yourself type of individual, you know, that uh, you want to you married, but you're just full of yourself and selfish and all those things. And you're like, yeah, Yo, let's see how that's going to work for you. You know, when the moment you get married, it's like you, what, you what, what happens is you come and stand in front of the mirror and now so you're looking at yourself. Okay, dude, Andre, you need a change. My wife's speaking. I'm seeing the mirror. <laughs> Andre, you need a change. You need to be more patient, more loving, more kind. Man, you need to pray more. You really need to pray more because you're not going to be able to be the man you're supposed to be unless you're anchored in Christ. It begins with you. It begins with you. It begins with you. Who you become is the legacy you're gonna leave behind. And what happens is when we are not right with the Lord and we are not in right space in our own hearts, you don't have the capacity to be a good husband or wife. You don't have the capacity to be a good parent. The principles are relatively simple, but you don't know how, you won't know how to do it. So guys, the best thing you can do for the coming generations is to love Jesus with all your heart. That's the best thing you can do for your wife. That's the best thing you can do for the coming generations. Because when you love Jesus and you spend time with Him, He rubs off on you. And you become a better person, a better you. All the men say, Amen. Okay, and so you need to look in the mirror. Or things could play out in the wrong way. Okay, so you need to ask yourself the question, where are you at? So look at this, Colossians 3, verse 12. It says, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved. Oh, that's so beautiful. That's where he starts. It says, guys, you are chosen. You are holy. You are beloved. That's where we start. That is being anchored in our relationship with God. doesn't matter your performance. doesn't matter how good it's been or how bad it's been. You are anchored in God. You are, by faith, holy. you chosen. you chosen to give a beautiful future for the coming generations. You, you are chosen to give a beautiful legacy. Come on, say it. I am chosen. You are chosen by God to be the man or woman that God has destined you to be, so that the coming generations can be touched. I'm sure you all know this, that you can't fake it at home. You can't, like, 30 minutes ago, scream on our kids, treat your wife like dirt or your husband like dirt, and now we're going to have family Bible study. But the kids are going to look at you like, what the heck? You know, you act like an idiot, and now you want to do Jesus. They won't fall for it. Now, it's first who we are, and then we can lead and parent and, and, and help The coming generation. But it says there, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on. Come on, say put on. Tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, bearing with one another, forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do so you start off by, I am, despite my performance, I am chosen by God to be a godly man, to be a godly woman. And now you can start living that out. I'm going to put on Christ. I'm going to put on the, the mercies, the tender mercies, the kindness, the humility. I'm going I'm to be that person. You see, and, and, and what, what God wants to do is, and this is where we start. We have This is our first step, the you. You're the you part. This is the starting point. You. Where you are at. The better you. You need to become a better you if you want to give a a, a great legacy. So, tender mercies. Let me give you an example. This is why I said to my wife, I don't want to exchange her for anybody else. It's one of the 125,000 reasons. But the one reason is her merciful heart. You see, when it comes to a healthy marriage or a healthy relationship, you're supposed to build one another up. You're supposed to encourage one another and believe in one another. So at times, your spouse or your partner might act like an idiot. They might mess up, sin, do something really, really wrong. How are you going to respond? How are you going to act? How you going to, res- how will you respond towards them? Are you going to, you are the most horrific person in the world. Call yourself a Christian. Oh, lift your hand to church, huh? All of that. You're shocking or whatever it might be because of a failure, an addiction, a challenge in someone's life. So something out of, out of our lives. I don't like sharing this, but I feel I need to, so I'm going to do it. So when I was in primary school and all that time with the, the issues um, with my family, got exposed to pornography, and so and and in, in school I, I had a pornography addiction, and then in after coming to Christ as an 18-year-old, um, I was in my first year university, and I I remember that my legacy was following me. I wasn't this Christian yet, but I remember I had this really nice girlfriend. Pretty girlfriend, nothing like my wife, but pretty girlfriend, and, and I was dating her, and yet I was going to the pubs, and I, was, I kissed another girl, messed with another girl. It was like I couldn't help myself. It was just like, this is the legacy I have received. It's like I was cursed, and this was following me. I was like, I just knew it. I'm going to cause self-destruct. It was something haunting me. I'm going to cause self-destruct. And then I became a believer and I broke that thing of committing adultery. And, and that thing was coming in, in my generations of, of haunting me, of, one, of causing me to do wrong. I broke that thing. But I still had at times battling with pornography. And so it was a wrestle. It was ingrained in me from primary school. And so it was this massive wrestle. On the one hand... I want to be pure. I love Jesus. When I sin, I'm not close to Him. He is my everything, but I don't know how to be set free. And then we got married, and I thought, man, marriage is going to solve it. Well, for six months it did, praise God. (laughs) But afterwards, that thing came back again and started to battle again. Became a pastor, and then still, and I remember the one time, this is many years ago, um, the Lord has really set me free, and I'm... I'm thankful. But I remember the one time I was again, Yo, I'm like, oh, Jesus, Jesus. I'm destroying a church now, God. What the heck am I doing? God, I'm destroying my coming generations, God. What the heck is going on with me? And the shame and the guilt and the accusation and the devil and everything else. And I just knew. Now, deal with it. How do you deal with it? You humble yourself. Speak to a friend, and if you still don't get free, you speak to your wife. So I remember the one time, this is years ago, I went to Sonica and I said to and I had tears in my eyes like Sonic, I don't know how to get free. I don't know how to get free. I already feel like a worm. And I remember she had the right to tell me, You are such a shocker. I'm so upset with you. And she looked at me and she said to me, Andre. You're better than this. You're a man of God. I believe in you. Yo. I remember just breaking down. I was just weeping and weeping, and I think she prayed for me. But you know, I experienced the Father's love washing over me, saying to me, But that's not who you are. That's a legacy you've received. But that's not who you are. And I'm so thankful for that. That was a that was a Massive moment in our marriage and that's why I want to honor my wife for looking at me through the blood of Jesus Christ and not according to my performance or my behavior. Amen. Give her honor. And the truth is we all struggle with different things. Men are wired more. We're more sensitive or, or vulnerable to lust because we're visually wired. What we see, ladies tend to be more sensitive to fear and anxiety and things like that. And I can't relate to my wife at times. Like, are you are you are you anxious about that? The chacha? <laughs> it's a it's a massive spider. It's a little spider. <laughs> you know. But we wired differently, and we need to celebrate the differences. Male is different. It's beautiful. Wonderfully made. Ladies, don't, don't break us down. It's our weakness, but it's also our strength. In the same way, ladies are wired different. So men don't break down the women because of their weaknesses, because of their areas of struggle, just because you can't relate. They're different. You're supposed to cover them. In the same way, the ladies are supposed to cover us. But who you are in secret will ultimately determine the legacy you're going to leave. Adultery begins with pornography. Guys, adultery begins with pornography. 66% of Christian men tend to battle with pornography. 30% of women, Christian women. That's what the stats say. Two-thirds of all Christian men. It's a massive fight. And if you sow those seeds in your heart, it's going to lead to adultery. So how do you deal with it? You get ruthless. You, 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 you see it playing out. I'm destroying my marriage. I'm destroying my future generations. I'm going to stuff everything up by clicking on this stupid images. That's the truth. And your thing might be something else. It might be the alcohol. It might be compromise in in, in different areas. But you need to say, No, I'm going to put on Christ. I'm going to humble myself. I'm going to deal with what I need to deal with. And I'm drawing a line in the spirit. Yes, my dad drank maybe too much. For some of us, you might say that he drank too much. It was chaos. I'm not going to touch alcohol. That's drawing a line. Amen? It's about saying, yes, my, my my dad had uh, anger issues and he treated my, my, my mom terribly maybe. And then you say, no, but I'm going to deal with my anger issues. I'm going to humble myself. I'm going to get free. Whatever it might be that you're facing. Or maybe you can say, well, in your, f- ladies, in your in your family generation, they might be, um, your mom maybe had depression and grandmother had depression. And you battling, but you can say, no, but I'm not going to accept this. I'm, I'm drawing a line here where I'm saying, it stops here. It's not going to affect the coming generations. Come on, say it, it stops here. You can stop it. As I did 20 plus years ago, I said there will not be adultery in my home. In Jesus' name. I'm not going to do the same as my parents did. So it's up to you. What legacy will you leave behind? Are you compromising? Are you off track? Are you messing around? Are you, are you, is your heart drifting from Jesus? The only one that keeps you on track is Christ. That's what keeps you on track. You need to be anchored in the living God. And then you say, I am drawing a line here today. I'm going to deal with my stuff. I'm going to do whatever it takes. I want to encourage you to join us at this encounter for tomorrow night, 6 o'clock here. If you need generational stuff broken over your life, if you need to be set free from addictions or whatever it might be, I want to so encourage you to sign up so that you can be set free. And then the last thing I want to read, Colossians 3.15 Speaks about the peace of God. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts, into which also you are called in one body, and be thankful. That is so powerful. It says, let the peace of God rule in your heart. Do you know how this plays out in, in, in our relationship? There are times that I don't have peace. And I tell Sonica, or even at a coffee shop, I'm like, whew, I need to focus now on my wife, and I'm not feeling at peace. On the inside. I can't give her my attention. I am struggling on the inside. And then at times I, I we've learned this because when you don't have peace you tend to say things that are stupid. When you don't have peace, you tend to do things that are stupid, you know. So I we've learned that I, I communicate with Sonica. Sonica, I need some time with Jesus. I need to go spend some I need to go pray. I need to get into the word, but I need to find my peace. Because when I have my peace, then I can release peace into the home. If you don't have peace, you won't have peace in your relationships. If you don't have peace in your heart, if you don't have harmony on the inside, you will not have harmonious relationships around you. Your internal atmosphere will always be exported or, 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 or move into your environment around you. So how's your peace today? How do you find peace? You spend time with Jesus. You pray. You worship. You have communion. You get into the Word of God. But you contend for peace. You fight for peace. Because you know that when you have peace, then the Prince of Peace can flow through you. Amen. Last time I checked, I realized I'm a horrible human being without Jesus. But when Christ in me, I'm a good man. Amen. And I believe the same with you. Human nature is we mess things up. When we don't have that peace. So I want, to put, I want, I want you to add this to your to you package. Your you package is to continuously evaluate. Continuously evaluate how's your peace. Because when you have peace, you can release peace into your marriage or to your children. When you don't have peace, you are in trouble. Amen. Come on, say it. I will contend for peace. And then the last scripture I want to read, Joshua 24, 14. I don't have time to unpack it, but it basically says, Now therefore, fear the Lord. Fear the Lord. Serve Him in sincerity and truth. Don't be a fake. Walk in the light. Deal with your stuff. Don't have secret sins. Deal with your stuff. Serve Him in sincerity and truth. God sees everything god sees everything you know, and 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 we we've seen this play out in our congregation in in members lives on the verge of adultery because of for instance something like pornography but didn't bring into the light didn't deal with it what happens is almost adultery in someone's life you know so you need to deal with it with, it, with the secret stuff that's just one of the things you need to deal with the anger. You need to deal with the, with the things that, 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 that's pulling you away. And then it says, serve Him in sincerity and truth and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the river and in Egypt served the Lord. Put away your forefathers' stuff. Put away what my, my parents did like this. Who cares? If it's not biblical, let it go. Don't, don't, don't allow the previous generations to still. So Joshua challenged the guys and said, said to them, fear The Lord. Wake up. Fear the Lord. Deal with your stuff. And then the last classic verse, it says, And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your fathers served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But, come on, say but. But "But as for me and my house, We will serve the Lord. As for me, it begins with you. It begins with you. You say, well, my family, we're going to go to church and we're going to do this religion thing. No, it starts with you. Me, as for me, I'm going to deal with my stuff. No one can force you. As for me, I'm going to be godly man or woman that God's destined you to be. As for me, I'm going to serve God. And I'm going to lead my family. We're going to lead our family. To Jesus. Amen. There's God's way, and then there's the wrong way. The wrong way is pain. God's way is beautiful. Just I, I just sense the stirring on the inside of me. Families, parents, mom, dad, husband, wife, even single person. Wake up. Your legacy is being developed. Your your, your you, it, you're moving in a direction. Let's deal with those things. Let's turn to Christ. Let's find our peace. And let's lay something beautiful for the coming generations. As I said now with my boy now, with Vian. Man, I love it. This morning I was just preparing and praying, on the sitting on the couch in the lounge. And then Vian came next to me. I said to him, go get your Bible. and Turn to that passage. Now he's reading. And now we're worshiping a little bit. Then we're praying a little bit. And I'm just, ah... Oh. I wish it was for me like that. I wish it was. But now I have an opportunity to give it to the next generation. Amen. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Let's do it. Be strong and courageous. Amen. Amen.
0: Thank you for listening. Find more on Shofar East London's podcast channel. Let's do
1: life together.